3: Hey, you're listening to Green and Growing right here on 95.5 WSB I'm your host Ashley Frasca So have many different facets of outdoor life and gardening You never know what we're going to come up with here on the show So this morning I am joined by Meredith Stone She's the communications specialist for Georgia Power want to talk to you a little bit about the weather and the power company And how all of that ties in with you as a homeowner So welcome to the show Meredith, good to have you
1: Thank you for having me
3: So people wonder why Why is a power company on a gardening show? But we had a great (laughs) conversation with John Craft and folks with your operation last year And it really was educational for people So this time of year, the obvious thing is the winter weather We've had some storms and just really, really cold weather So I wanted to kind of get Georgia Power's take on How they handle that almost as an emergency response when we have downed trees and tree limbs and downed power lines. How does that work for you guys?
1: First of all, living in Georgia, you wouldn't think that we would get severe winter weather. But Georgia is one of those places where we have to be prepared for anything. And I mean, you see it in the winter, you see it in spring, summer with hurricanes. We get it all. So (laughs) thankfully, we are very ready and well-practiced when it comes to any type of severe weather. But what you're seeing right now is a lot of cold temperatures. And then when you get that precipitation, when we get those big storms, you have the possibility where ice could freeze on trees. You know, they're not absorbing that water like they usually would. That ground is really wet, or, or I'm sorry, the ground is really cold and hard, so it's not absorbing that water. So you're getting these uh, freezing limbs, and that could be dangerous because they're really heavy and they could fall on power lines. And so when you see an outage, it's usually because of a downed tree. Um, so we ask that people you know, go around when the weather is nice and, and just look at what might need to be pruned back, what, what you might be able to take care of on your own, because once a storm happens, It's not going to be safe for you to go out and survey the damage And and try to pull those limbs off the lines yourself That can be very dangerous So this is the time to prepare Check your yard, get your emergency kit ready uh, Just in case those power outages do happen um, And know that when they do, we're on it
3: And you never want to touch a downed power line How close to it is too close for safety If you were just walking and you see one on the ground
1: if you see one on the ground we do ask that you call 911 and or report it to our customer service number but if you do see it uh chances are that's probably close enough it's hard to know just by looking at it unless it is dancing you know if it's bouncing up and down it's hard to know whether or not it could be live so it's best just to keep your distance and to call us and we'll Will do the dangerous work
3: We're thankful for that And we know your crews Y'all send crews Dispatch them throughout The United States too When other places experience You know, worse weather Than than us for sure But um, wanted to go back to You know, you're talking about Keeping yourselves safe And your family safe And there are Many, for instances, especially in the cold, cold weather where people are having to pull out those portable generators Whether it's to generate heat or if they've had a power outage Y'all have some safety tips on, you know, really safe use for portable generators
1: Right, a lot of folks this time of year, you know, they like to have their space heaters They snuggle up next to them It can provide a great, uh, a great way to get heat without having to heat your whole, your whole home So if you're going to use a space heater, we just ask that you keep it away from your furniture, your curtains. Um, Obviously, don't use it in your your sinks and your tubs. Keep that away from water since it is electric. Um, And keep it away from children and pets. You know, those are the biggest things. Just be mindful. Don't leave it unattended. And then if you have a power outage and you have a generator, those need to be used outside. Um, They can produce carbon monoxide, which is a a you can't smell it, you can't see it, you can't taste it, so it can be very dangerous. Um, so be sure when you're using those, it's outdoors and it's getting a lot of airflow. Um, and then this is the time, too, where, you know, we're, we're using those warm, snuggly electric blankets. Check the cords on those. Uh, make, sure, make sure those are in good working order and we, you don't want those to come in contact with, with any other stoves or heated surfaces. So just, you know, be mindful of what you have around the house. It's it's a great tool all these things are great tools to help you Stay safe and warm as long as they're all in working order And you're using them properly
3: Yeah, well worth it to take a minute or maybe two To check these things if it means saving a life I mean, that's that's certainly worth it So uh, I'm with Meredith Stone, who's with Georgia Power And Meredith, I did want to ask you one more thing For Georgia Power customers, when we do experience outages Whether it's now in the wintertime or coming up with spring storms What do you provide online for folks where they can get updates about those
1: outages? lots of ways that people can stay in the loop and in the know with us. Georgiapower.com/storm is a one-stop shop for all of your storm prep and emergency needs, and then, of course, when we have those outages, that's where you're going to find our outage map. So you can type in your address. You can find out what the cause of the outage is in your area if we've already been on site to survey that, and then you can get updates on your estimated restoration time, so when we're going to have that power back on. A lot of people, when you experience an outage, they're like, oh, well, Georgia Power knows. Georgia Power knows that my power is out. (laughs) We really ask that you um, report it because that gives us a better idea of the scope of the outage. You know, instead of just getting 25 calls, we might be getting 100 or 175 or, you know, it could be up in the thousands depending on the winter storm. So you calling and reporting your outage helps give us an idea of what we're really looking at and then, of course, what tools and what kind of manpower that we might need to get it back on quickly.
3: Well, Meredith, I really appreciate you stopping by, and I look forward to having you back in the spring. Maybe come April, we'll talk to you about some of the spring storms and how people can stay safe. That would be great. Looking forward to it. All right. Have a good morning. Thank you. You too. So glad that Nicole and Griffin is calling to check in this morning. Hey, welcome to the show. Ashley,
0: this time of the year, do not plant your stuff in May of April. (laughs) Because it stresses it out, right? Big time, yeah. our clay is not good. And then you have all this heat after that, January, February. Do your hard work when it's cool. Even us, when it's cool outside, we need to dig it up and uh,
3: and trim stuff, you know. Oh, God. Well, there people? a couple of days this week that, you know, temperatures got into the mid-50s. And for me, that was actually comfortable because I went out to work in layers and I mean not even 10 minutes after really starting to work outside started to kind of peel the layers away because in the sun it felt great. So that that is a good a good idea Nicole like and you're cooped up in the winter time you're tired of being inside you have one nice sunny day get out there there's something to be doing. Uh there's
0: always something for sure. I went to uh, Nashville, Tennessee this week and went on top of Mount Eagle. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And uh, for so many years, I never saw some eagle. And I said, good grief, why they call it Mount Eagle? But in 38 years, I saw one morning with all those eagles. Then I saw a coyote got killed on the road. You should see all those coyotes around him to pull him out the uh, uh, of the road and That's I don't know pray for him, but the coyote coat is real us is turned brown but over there is dark black and I saw sometime um, those uh, uh, wild turkey okay if uh, they uh, kill you know a deer or something one of them they're not strong enough spot probably like ten or fifteen of them pull them out of the of the road and I
3: watch them all the time and pull it off the road and try to eat them why can we not help each other? well you know i'm I'm pretty bummed because here at the station off Peachtree Street in Midtown Atlanta we're kind of arguing all of our employees are arguing whether or not it's a fox or a coyote in the courtyard um it's a fox it's a fox Jason says and someone else says coyote and it's it's tough to tell with the the coat their their coat but Up by me in Cherokee County, there's so much construction. I have seen more coyotes. And, I mean, naturally, I don't think they're out during the day a lot, but they have nowhere else to go. Their habitat's being disturbed. So I think that's maybe going to be a trend, Nicole, that we see a lot more on the side of the road and just kind of out in very unusual places like the fox here at the studio
0: yeah because we're taking all the environment and you know i know they have to feed themselves too they have to feed the kids you know so uh, maybe a rabbit maybe a cat and some you know something but anyway i want to talk about chicken
3: (laughs) did you meet some chickens that you liked uh
0: actually mr reeve loves chicken
3: he used to have his babies yeah he would get his baby chicks
0: oh yes Mm -hmm. because um there's a guy down the street. He builds all his enclosement. It's all wire on top. The coyote, I know they smell it, but the coyote cannot come inside. The chickens are well taken care because they have a place. They can sleep all together at night because it's cool and everything. But I don't think he feed them enough. So I want you to know,
3: what can we feed our chicken? And not chicken. Not chicken nuggets, not chicken wings. Oh, no. <laughs> no. You need some seeds. So I
0: went to the farmer market, and I dig up in the dumpster, mm. tried to pull in. They had coconut. Uh, they take the liquid inside, but the shelf, you know. So uh, I brought back a tomato uh, dump, uh, cage. And uh, oh boy, they want for the tomato. I don't know if it's the smell, the seeds and cider and everything. But anyway, I just need to uh, take care of them. They have too many. Oh boy, you should see all the color and everything. You know, and then they mix some duck around it. And I said, oh. duck and chicken. Do they feed? Do they eat the same thing?
3: And what it, did did the guy tell you? I don't know.
0: Well. I just feel that uh, they don't have enough to eat. So I went inside. I brought all this food, you know. But I need to know if people just uh, feed chicken. What kind of food? I know they feed some seed, but I know they eat worm too, you know. But we need to know what kind of food they
3: like better. So I've I've found this website, organicfeeds.com, with some really good advice about feeding chickens and. You know, I mean, they're kind of like us They don't need to eat things like chocolate, caffeine, alcohol Of course, that would just be crazy Nothing processed Um, Too much salt is even a little unstable for their heart That can cause heart failure Which if you think in large amounts for human It's kind of the same Uh, Mold can be deadly So be careful when you're grabbing stuff out of the dumpster If something's molded But this was the one thing that surprised me I mean there's a lot of vegetables on this list Absolutely tomatoes are packed with vitamins and antioxidants Carrots they love Those are full of nutrients for them Cilantro lettuce doesn't provide a whole lot of nutritional value But they said leafy vegetation poses a danger Um, Some leaves are toxic to the animals And they even said like raw green potatoes can carry that same toxin So you kind of do have to Scope out what you give them, but then, like you said, did you say with coconut too? A lot of fruits—they're good with um, fruits. Any kind of berries, apples, uh, peaches—that's. I mean, they're not picky when it comes to fresh vegetables. But at least they can pick on something. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good grief. Well, like you said, so they grabbed the <laughs> tomato and ran. Huh? They were pretty proud of that. I picked tomatoes on the sweet tomato, and boy, that just you
0: know, run with it. But you know, I just—I feel. When you have animals, you have to be responsible okay to at least feed them the uh, they got they have a good environment because they mm, they're all, all together they're not cold or anything, but i don't think
3: they eat enough yeah, and I mean you're responsible for another life, just if you have cows and horses and uh. things like that I mean if you can't afford to maintain them properly and feed them what they need, then I think you probably it's best that you get rid of them and give them to a home where they're actually going to be properly taken care of and Animals, larger animals like cows and horses, too. I mean, they require so much nutrition, you know, for the strength of their body that they cannot go malnourished. No way. But mm-hmm. so, at least we're going to have some eggs this summer. What do you think? Popcorns can eat chicken, or uh, po- uh, chickens can eat, oh, I just gave it away. Chickens <laughs> can eat popcorn, yes or no? <laughs>
0: I think anything with seed in it, the nose going to go through, the, uh, you know, toward the seed. So, yeah. uh, popcorn and, uh, Mostly tomato I couldn't believe they went for the tomato Inside the tomato is a lot of seed And just maybe the smell You know
3: Yeah. I don't know if they see color But a nice red tomato That looks appetizing to anybody doesn't it
0: you think they see the red?
3: <laughs> Maybe I don't
0: know. <laughs> huh, we just live and learn. Good
3: grief! Well, that is really cool that you even thought about that. But I'm glad for the reminder too, Nicole. That yeah, you've got these animals. We've got to take care of them for sure and keep them safe from the coyotes. My goodness, what a what a way to go!
0: Oh, they smell a long <laughs> way, but this enclosure, I mean, they on top, even the wire on top, the coyote, I know they, they go around because mm-hmm. they smell it, but at least they're safe, you know. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, good. I really <laughs>
3: hope, I know you've got a crazy schedule, but I hope we can certainly catch up about some other things next Saturday if you're around. All right, and, and I've got someone that wants to be in touch with you And it's a really sweet story, actually So I'm going to share that with you and give you a call later this weekend All right, Ashley All right, thanks so much, Nicole Same here Have a great have weekend Have a good day Bye She adds so much to the show And so many of you really look forward to hearing from Nicole and Griffin Always good to have her on 4048720750 I'm Ashley Frasca This is Green and Growing We'll be right back on WSB Thank you Scott with you on a Saturday morning 32 degrees outside right now Afternoon showers later today Developing in the afternoon Brief rain, snow, sleep mix possible in the northern suburbs Says Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz High of 47, low of 36 And tomorrow mostly sunny, high of 51 Green and
4: growing Green and growing with Ashley Frasca Here's your garden to-do list this week
3: Very seasonal stuff Number one Make early plantings Of your choice Of carrots Collards Lettuce Mustard English peas And spinach All of that stuff Is so yummy Number two Get a professional Landscape design And installation Before spring arrives Beat their busy time And now is the time to install Trees and shrubs with ease We've talked a lot about that Winter planting is best And number three As we talked last week It's dangerous to spray glyphosate On Bermuda grass Even if it looks completely dormant So make sure there's no uh, Bermuda sprouts near the surface soil You may just want to spray herbicide On like a cotton rag Tie it around a rake and just paint the spots Above ground to get Get rid of those unwanted weeds We'll be back, you're listening to Green and Growing On WSB
2: With
1: Ashley
4: Frasca
2: Plants, flowers, trees and stuff Brought to you by Pike Nurseries
3: On 95.5 WSB Happy Saturday morning Thank you so much for being here To listening to Green and Growing On 95.5 WSB The next half hour we're going to talk a lot about roses It's getting close to Valentine's Day It's just over one week away Super Bowl Sunday That's tomorrow So a lot going on in the next couple of weekends But We've talked to Pike Nursery, too, about roses, whether you're into hybrid tea, grandiflora, climbing roses, all different kinds of roses. Shrub roses, what most of us know, drift, knockout, all those kinds of things. Um, I'm going to be talking with Norm Mitleider, a friend of the show, here in just a little bit about roses. But first, it is time to talk to my old colleague, Walter Reeves.
4: Walter's Wondering. Walter's Wondering. The definitive questions and answers from WSB's OG Garden Guru, Walter Reeves.
3: Good morning, Walter.
4: Hey, hey I see. Good morning.
3: So, what team are you rooting for tomorrow? Race. Uh, there you go. That's a good answer. We're always rooting for the Braves. Okay. Yeah, sure. How about I,
4: you guys on the Braves team? Maybe this year's the year. Maybe this year they'll go all the way. You never know.
3: <laughs> yeah, we kind of... What's kinda... happening
4: tomorrow? We got the, the football. What's going on? Yeah,
3: we've given up on the Falcons. They they didn't make it to the Super Bowl, Walter. I hate to break it to you. Go dogs.
4: Bulldogs. <laughs> Are they playing
3: tomorrow? No, no, they didn't make it to the national Uh, championship So yeah, these two teams tomorrow It'll be, whatever, it'll be a good game But I don't really care who wins And what a weird season it was for everybody anyways So uh, people are maybe going to be out in the yard They're gardening, huh? (laughs) And we're going to give them something to actually keep them busy this weekend Something to get out there and do Now is a good time of year to do it The beginning of February Starting to think about roses and Valentine's Day It's all very easy to remember If you can associate it all with Valentine's Day, right?
4: Yeah, the creative husband who gives his wife Or the creative wife who gives her husband flowers for Valentine's Day Roses are traditional So maybe give them a plant, a rose plant Instead of a rose bouquet
3: a little goes a long way there Because, yes, it's something that'll last And it comes to my mind You know, you can go into Pike Nursery And look at the different varieties of roses But there are some really, like, out there Exotic names, wild colors and stuff like that Where sure. I think atlantarose.org Is a website where you could learn a little more From the Greater Atlanta Rose Society If you want something just People driving by are literally going to stop And look at this stunning rose bush And maybe just have something that's so unique And so rare um, But nevertheless, whether it's a climbing rose Regular rose bush Knockout rose Preparation for the soil and the bed Let's start with that It's all going to be the same way
4: For roses, you know, it actually starts I think I with buying the right rose. And when you buy them in a pot, that's one deal, but bare root roses are coming into the stores now. And so buying bare root roses is not a bad idea because they're cheaper because they're bare rooted. And bare root roses many times are easier to establish than potted roses are. So if you go to a Pike or go to a big box store that has the roses, look for grades one and grades one and a half. Don't buy grade number two roses because those are the sorry ones. But grade one is a terrific, strong, got lots of canes on it. Bare root rose, grade one is two, it's terrific.
3: Okay, interesting. And that that's on the label so that we would know?
4: Yeah, yeah. So the grade is when they're back, back at the rose garden place. But the place that you plant the rose is really important too because they don't grow, they don't bloom very well in shade. They got to have sunshine. Mm-hmm. You want to dry the leaves off and you want to give them a lot of energy during the day to grow new flowers and new canes, new leaves and all that. So full sunshine is the best place to put them And they need to have well-drained soil So if it's real clay, then you need to add amendments Like uh, cow manure or composted pine bark or something like that To help the soil to be drained fast So it does not hold water for a long time
3: All I can really think about are knockout roses But just really any any general rose bush I mean, how... How should we space them if we're planting more than one? What's a rule of thumb on how large they get? If it's not a climbing rose variety, how large or wide do you The best
4: thing to do is to look on the package and see how big it gets. If it's a shrub rose, it'll say it grows to, let's say, three feet wide. So if one rose grows three feet wide, then you'd want to put the next rose about six feet away. So they both have room to spread out. Climbing roses are different, of course, because they're growing upward rather than outward. But about double the width of the rose is about right.
3: Yeah, and I mean, they need that airflow, they need that good Circulation in between the shrubs And, and yeah. the rose bushes So that, I mean, some roses are really apt To diseases, you see leaf spot And all those kinds of things, and bugs And pests, so better airflow and And the right sunlight is really going to Minimize that, right?
4: Yeah, and Pike has a Real good selection, some of the, what we call shrub Roses and ground cover roses and things like that And they are fine to grow You don't have to grow knockouts all the time the, the smaller roses, the ones that go Across the ground rather than growing up, they're great roses Go to Pike and ask the people there, are was the best ones And many of them These days are more Disease resistant Than they ever were before Ever, ever, ever
3: That's amazing I mean on, on this AtlantaRose.org I'm just taken aback By some of the names Sunstruck Ring of Fire Firefighter <laughs> Marilyn Monroe I mean like You could really Impress your, your Significant other With some just outstanding, really unique color, and the name could mean something. You know, if you pick it sure. out based on its name, good. "Wedding Bells." That's a beautiful, soft pink one. Um, and so cool. I
4: point out that if you can't find the particular rose name that means something between you and your spouse, you can always go online. There's two or three very, very well-known rose-growing online sources that you maybe can find the name that you like and get a good, healthy rose from them. Again, grade one and grade one and a half is all you should ever buy.
3: That is really neat. All right. So we talked about soil prep and making sure it's well well draining. Where to put it in full sun, they do best. Um, How far to space? Do we need to put anything in the hole, any starter fertilizer or root? Hormone or anything
4: like that? People talk about it. It's not going to hurt anything, but it probably won't help much. Root stimulators that have a lot of phosphorus in them really don't help unless you have a storage of phosphorus in the soil to begin with. If you want to, do it. If you don't, it's not going to hurt the rose, I don't think.
3: And this is also the time of year, again, around Valentine's Day, is when I remember to prune my knockouts. And it's been really a little bit of a hassle the last couple of months because they're leaning so far forward into the sun. It's going over my walkway up to the front door. And all winter, I've literally had to navigate around those stems, and I wanted to cut them a lot sooner. But just to keep on track, I'm a creature of habit uh, Valentine's Day is when I'm going to take those knockouts And correct me if I'm wrong, any rose shrub really Back to yep. like 12 inches off the ground, 12 inches high
4: About 12 to 14 is fine mm-hmm. And the buds are so easy to see Usually around Valentine's Day It's been warm enough for a week or so As you see the little red buds on the, on the uh, limbs On the branches of the rose You always cut just above a bud that's facing outward Not one that faces inward So if you make your cuts there Then you can prune back your knockouts And not have to navigate around as you go in the house every day But Valentine's Day or a week after that It's just great for pruning the established roses that you have
3: Yeah, it's it's good to promote that growth outward And not inward so that they're not crossing branches And again, really limiting that airflow through the plant
4: And cutting it down, as you said, if you're if your knockout roses are three feet high right now There's no reason in the world not to lower them down to 18 inches or so They will really appreciate getting you know, new invigorated uh, foliage New limbs and things And they'll give you lots more roses than you'd ever get From foliage and sprouts that you leave alone and don't prune Something... Prune does a lot, of good, a lot of good for a rose
3: Sure, absolutely And one more thing I, I did want to ask you too Because I'm most unfamiliar with climbing roses Do you have any different tips or advice for climbing roses?
4: I need to note about pruning climbing roses. Most of them bloom one time of the year, and the best time to prune them is not Valentine's Day. It's probably closer to the the middle to the late part of May when they all bloomed. And so for a climbing rose, prune it after it blooms. But again, for it, the technique is pretty much the same. Take out the dead limbs, uh, direct the growth to places you want to grow on a trellis or a fence or wherever, and again, prune to an outside bud.
3: Good advice, good advice Because climbing roses, for some reason, just intimidate me a little more than they should And it's pretty simple Print them after they bloom
4: Yep, prune after they bloom, they'll be fine
3: Good, and knockouts, I tell you I mean, they, I think this year, which isn't uncommon Mine had flowers until almost the beginning of November I love oh, it Oh,
4: you know, one more thing if you have a minute actually, yeah. We need to talk about rose rosette virus uh, You better watch out Atlanta, 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 we're going to have a period of time, I think, in the near future when roses are simply planted for a couple of years, and then they get the virus and they die. That's how bad it is. I see rose rosette virus everywhere. I don't want to discourage people from planting roses, but if you have a neighbor that has roses that have been there for a while, check them out and see if you see Limbs that are real red, limbs that are real thorny The essentials of this virus And the only way to control it is to dig the plant up If you leave the plant in place It will spread to other roses in your own yard Or in your neighbor's yard And if it does, if it's left unchecked We're just going to have very short-lived perennial roses Just them in the ground for a couple of years They die and you plant more
3: I did have folks last spring and summer ask me How long do you need to wait? If you have to tear them up Because they have rose rosette How many years should we wait until we plant new or just really give it some time and find a new spot?
4: If you get every bit of the plant out of the ground, including all the root parts that you left when you were digging it up, if you get every part of the plant out, you can plant immediately, really. Mm -hmm. The mites that uh, spread the disease are only on the plant. They don't get on the soil or anything, so leaving the soil in place is fine. But you've got to get the plant up Before you plant another one there So wait a year if you want to or Wait a week if you want to It just depends on how much of the original plant You leave in the ground
3: Well, Walter, thank you so much Next Saturday, I'm looking forward to the Great Backyard Bird Count And having someone from Cornell University Talk to us about our participation in that And I want to talk to you, of course, about birding That's kind of going to be the theme next Saturday If that's all right
4: My bluebirds have loved my suet feeder all winter long I can't wait
3: Do you make your own?
4: Yeah, of course uh,
3: Okay, yep, write that recipe down And have that handy for me next, next Saturday week. Oh, I'm hungry, I can't eat suet though That's that's not good, but the peanut butter and suet Oh, Ooh,
4: it smells so good Oh, it does Ooh, smell yeah. so
3: good <laughs> Alright, well I'll let you go, but enjoy your Saturday We'll talk to you next week
4: See you next Saturday, Ashley
3: You want to plan your weekend accordingly Maybe you have Super Bowl plans Inside, outside, it doesn't matter So I'll get to the weather tomorrow first The weather today, 47 degrees for the high 36 for the low And right now it's like 33 degrees in Metro Atlanta Uh, Rain showers developing in the afternoon Brief rain, snow, sleep mix possible in the northern suburbs Depending on where you are No accumulation though Just mostly rain Um, And then tomorrow that's really what we want to know, mostly sunny It is going to warm up to 51 degrees and a low of 33 And then getting into the week, some scattered showers Tuesday and Wednesday, high around 60 on uh, Tuesday The weather, wow, it's, it's like an accordion It's just up and down, up and down um, So great conversation there with Walter Reeves About planting roses and all of that Love that conversation, and I did just prune my knockouts Finally, after them leaning over the walkway for so long Very easy to do Shrub roses like that Take them back to only maybe 12 inches high And now, some advice from another friend And back on the show A friend of mine and a friend of green and growing Norm Mitleider He's a certified aesthetic pruner Living in the Atlanta area And I always come to him for pruning advice Norm, I'm glad you're back on the show with me
2: Glad to be here, Ashley
3: So winter time, we're pruning, we're cleaning things up And allowing them to, you know, be in their best condition To put on that new growth in the spring Let's talk about roses, correct me if I'm wrong But maybe when we're talking about knockouts, a very common rose I always think February 14th, Valentine's Day Good time to prune or not?
2: Yes, um, that is a good time But you can also start pruning them early January But you definitely do want to make sure and not prune later than the end of February
3: And they've held on to some of their leaves, which is okay And even some dead blooms if you haven't, you know, gone along and pinched those off But if we have leggy knockouts, Norm, that are maybe three or four feet high How much pruning can we do this time of year?
2: This time of year, if you really wanted to get after them In other words, take them down to a foot from the ground you can do that. Naturally, once you've started developing your rows, that really isn't necessary because each year you're going to trim them down, but not as, you're not going to be as hard. Whereas if you're just starting out, you may need to trim them much harder and then over the course of the following years be a little bit lighter.
3: So one of the easiest things to cut back You just heard Norm say maybe to a foot Foot and a half tall, take it all the way Back, but Norm let's give them a little bit Of a bonus tip, throughout the course Of the spring and summer, when we just Need to remove some limbs here and there Some selective pruning, tell people Where it's crucial they cut a limb Back to.
2: With any Pruning it is very important To always trim to a growth Point, you never want to Trim midstream and Have a stub You always want to make sure that You either trim back to a stem Or a branch or buds Or even the trunk
3: Yeah, pruning back Especially with these roses To an outward facing bud Prune right above that And that's going to be a new growth point That's going to be a new stem For the rose bush that season So Norm, thanks for stopping by Appreciate the advice, friend Thank you And talking to Norm just a little bit more later in the show about pruning hydrangeas too Which ones are meant to be pruned right now You never want to do that at the wrong time Because then you're going to miss out on some flowers for sure So thanks to Norm And coming up at 7 o'clock we're going to be speaking with Pike Nursery Their landscape design team And the benefits of doing that Now is a great time to get that scheduled Uh, So any landscape design questions you may have Coming up at 7 o'clock is going to be a great time to do that.
4: Green Green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend.
3: So, oddly enough, that is on my top three. Number one, get a professional landscape design and the installation before spring arrives. Get all that on the calendar now. Beat out their busy time. And now is the best time that any crew or even yourself can install trees and shrubs with ease. We've talked about that. That's Best time of year right now to do that So roots can have time to establish and not be stressed out by the summer heat Number two, make early plantings of your choice of carrots, collards, lettuce, mustard, English peas and spinach There's a great resource through the University of Georgia Cooperative Extension A home gardening planting chart You can find that at extension.uga.edu Whether you're in middle Georgia, north Georgia, south Georgia it tells you any crop that you're interested in planting The dates to plant it Whether it's appropriate to do it in the spring or the fall And then the dates to maturity, right? So you almost have to back time it You figure when you want that that plant or that vegetable, that crop to mature Kind of back time it Whether it's 50 days, 60 days Some take 80 days to mature And that's when you're going to want to plant the seed To give it enough time to establish And number three, as we discussed last week I'm really glad we had a good conversation about this It's dangerous to spray glyphosate on Bermuda grass Even if you think it's completely dormant Make sure no green Bermuda sprouts are near the surface soil You really have to look very carefully you know, And watch for uh, green up And for winter weed control What you want to do is wrap an old towel or shirt Around a leaf rake That might be a very easy thing to do You spray herbicide on that until it's saturated And then kind of paint the weed killer Onto the green weeds that are showing Above the dormant grass stems You heard Walter mention that for years That can be done to any of The winter dormant lawn grasses And the results, they're not going to be immediate But you'll see damage to the weeds Within a couple of weeks So don't over apply it, definitely give it some time to work You know, us talking about roses I, I have this really neat list Of the meaning of flowers And I thought with Valentine's Day right around the corner It might be appropriate to throw some of these out For you, so Yellow roses could mean jealousy, but they can also mean friendship, something positive there. Of course, red roses, we all know. That means love. White roses, silence or purity. So that's really cool. A peony. God, those are beautiful flowers. Power to keep a secret. That's interesting. Gardenia, they smell so good. I can't wait to smell those coming up in the spring, in the summertime. That means grace. And crocus, those are fun when they start peeking out of the ground. Youthful. Youthfulness and gladness. So Pretty neat. I may share some of this list later on On the Green and Growing Facebook page Check it out when you go to Facebook Search Green and Growing WSB And follow up with me there. We'll be back And before we know it, it's going to be 7 o'clock Right here on WSB